The MX Vice Show. episode 38 of the MX Vice Show. We are back on the show after a week off, and we will be here every week until December. Really? Jesus. Reason being, MXGP is right around the corner. As you can imagine, Lewis is very, very excited. A lot has happened in the last two weeks since our last show, but before we get to all that, MX Vice is brought to you by Talon Engineering. Talon are actually the sponsors of the first half of the MX Vice Show, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's firing a racing uh, in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, Bill Base Honda, and more put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. As always, we have our sponsors on board. Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Yoko, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Kawasaki UK. Speaking of Kawasaki UK, there's been a couple of uh, big announcements on the bikes since our last show, especially the KX250F. That bike includes the most peak power ever and a load of other rider-centric features. So it is well worth checking out when the bikes land in the UK, which is going to be around about late August. The all-new Kawasaki Enduro models, the KX250XC and the KX450XC, will also be available in the UK. So there's a lot to see over at Kawasaki at the moment. Head over to kawasaki.co.uk for more. So um, this is great news for me, Lewis. Great, great news. Obviously, being a, a team factory Kawasaki pilot, uh, not, not only does it look like they're probably going to want me to represent, represent them on all their motocross brands, but they're probably going to want me to do Enduro now as well. Just a heads up, uh, in your script, it said KX250, and you went rogue and added an F on there. They don't have an F on there. So, uh, just a KX two fifty. I think you're wrong, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually you're actually telling uh, a team green pilot that they're wrong. If I want to put okay. an F in there, I will. Okay, um, I mean, Kawasaki didn't. So I don't see why it's you would. F, but... It's F for fast. All right. Okay. Trying to claw this back. That's uh, fine. How are you? Oh, I'm great. You. Good, good. It's been it's been a while. How is uh, how is the stress levels this week? Because aren't you on an MXGP bonanza? Yeah, I decided to do a three week MXGP bonanza. Maybe one week would have done because it's day three and I might fall asleep during this podcast. You've um you've been burning the candle at both ends. There are a lot of features on MX Vice. Maybe too many. Okay. Well, I can't keep up. I'm just a warehouse boy now, so. I've not had a chance to um, to read any articles, believe it or not. I'm sorry to hear that. So when you shared my silly season article yesterday and said another great read, I was just lying. Yeah, lying. Oh, lying, mate. I, I'm I'm really struggling at the moment with my uh, my balances. I've got a good balance, but unfortunately, MX Vice isn't in that balance at the moment. Oh well, that's fine because we're we're actually chugging along really well without you. 
That's good. That's good. And that's exactly what needed to happen, you see? So how, how is life at the top? At the top? Yeah, at running, running uh, the MX Vice Empire. How is that? Well, well the further we keep you away, it's all quite smooth. <laughs> you randomly just put your hand in things and completely fuck them up, but it's fine. Yeah, that's good. Let's just keep, it's just challenges. Uh, just keep yeah, everybody on yeah, their toes. Like yeah. yeah. Do you want to know what I've been up to this week? Sure. I think I know, but sure. Well, Rob decided to go away. So as well as doing the podcast show and all the music for all the videos, Rob works on even strokes in the warehouse, packing and, and sorting and inventory and updating the website and all that sort of stuff. He went away for like five days. So I was left to take up all his jobs. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Like, I haven't, I haven't even seen daylight. I've been in a dark room, packing and putting stuff for DPD. That's been my life for five days. So thanks, Rob. Sounds about right for your uh, intellectual level. Great. I see that you're, uh, you're in a good mood today, I can, I can tell. I'm just, I've got a lot of things to do. I can't have you wasting my time and nonsense like that. Let's, let's move, let's move. Okay, Jesus. Okay, so we've had some races, uh, some preseason races. Fienza and a Swiss race, which is a charity race the weekend. Yeah, so a charity race for um, Killian Alberson and I think Brian Moreau as well. So I thought it was for Killian. But... No, I'm pretty sure it was for Moreau as well, but I think it was mainly for Killian. Okay. Okay. New results from that, obviously. Well, it seems like they were, I don't know why we can't get results online from a Swiss race, but I know that Patrell won. Tonus was second overall, I think. And Maxime Despre won of Moto. Wow. And was third overall. But yeah, yeah that's all we know from that. But it's, you know, I guess it's a charity race. The track looks not of the highest level. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of highest levels, there was some complaints about Fienza the weekend. Well, it depends what you read. Because if you read the MX Vice interview with Jeremy Sewer, which I'm sure you have. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was the first thing I went to. He said it was fine. Okay. He said he actually said it was just too. He said it was just too fast, and that is why. He kind of said it without saying it. I'll read you what he said because he kind of said it without saying it. But obviously, if people don't know Nicholas Lapucci, who you're all saying, who the hell is that? That's kind of about right because who the hell is that? Finished second overall between Paul Land and Sewer, and pretty straight up as well. Yeah. Um, and Sewer said in the MX Vice interview, please hold. Will do. He said, I have to say that Lapucci, the guy who almost won, was so strong. The track was tough, of course, but the technical aspect was missing. So a guy like him, he rode awesome. Hats off to him. There were just not a lot of technical things to make a difference, though. Okay. Translation, he got the start and it was a motorway and he held on. Yeah. And he's so. fast. And he's not scared of it yeah. in the throttle. Yeah. Yeah. But even to do that, I wouldn't be able to get the start and uh, hold on. So full credit to him. He's for people that don't know. I'd say he is a. He's not. He's never really been an MXGP point scorer or anything like that, or an MX2 point scorer. He's done a bit in the MX250, but definitely, definitely no, not even in the same realm of Paul Anders Yeah, yeah. It was the first thing I seen. Was like, okay, I'll have whatever he's taking. Oh, insinuating that he's taking things. Yeah, whether it's shreddies, he could have had like maybe switched his cereal up in the morning. Who knows? But I'm just saying, I would like to have whatever he's having. Yeah. 
fair enough. Okay. And um, Ben obviously had a disappointing weekend. Well, I think it was disappointing because it was an Italian championship round. It was just, well, you read his thing. It was just kind of, what is the point? Like, there's no point killing yourself around an Italian championship round, is there? Okay, then get so, all defensive. It sounds, like Paul Ann, it sounds like Paul Ann was kind of on the same line of thinking. I think yeah. Sewer was the, um, what do you call him, the outlier. The only one who was kind of semi-happy with the track. But he did say that before the GPs go there, it needs to be made slower and like opened up a bit. Yeah. As far as like more lines. We, we talked about this two weeks ago on the show about, you know, it's important for these riders to do these races because it, it, it's, it's a race at the end of the day. It kind of gets them sorted with their mentality. So um, there's pounding laps at practice tracks and then, then there's racing against, you know, people completely different. So the, these pre-races are, are important. There's another one coming up. Is it this weekend? Next two, actually. Arnhem this weekend and uh, Axel next week. Okay. And, and so are these, are these the promoters behind the Dutch Masters or are these just separate pr- promotions which are just doing some pre-seasons? Because they kind no, of can't the Dutch Masters and, and now, they've got, now they're running basically two rounds, which could have weirdly been two rounds of Dutch Masters, I guess. I don't actually know if it is the Dutch Championship promoters. Huh. There's no fans or anything, so it's like... It's just two it's races. Kind of, yeah, it's just it's not really a thing. It's just an opportunity for two riders to or the riders to race twice. But quite a lot of guys are doing those. Yeah, who, who's in? What sort of rider is going to be riding? Uh, KTM, Yamaha, Husky, with their complete teams, I think. But that's enough already to make it the biggest preseason race we've had. And then quite a lot of other guys as well. Honda not turning up? No, not Honda. Not, not Honda. No. Well, and when I say KTM, obviously, I mean the Dirk Grubel side, not the um, Prado Caroni side. Okay. But that's that's the norm. You re- I don't you rarely see Crowley and Prado outside of Italy at preseason races. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just agreeing with you because you you obviously know and I and I don't. So just agreeing. That's all. Okay. Brilliant. That's fair enough for you. Yeah. Did you want to know what I've been up to? You've, we've done that. Race wise. No, no, that was work wise. Race wise. Like I haven't been racing, but I have been like sort of out on the bike quite a lot. If you want to, you can tell me that. I'll reply to some emails while you do that. So off you go. Okay. So uh, I've been um, frequenting the tracks around the Gloucestershire area of the United Kingdom, where I've been making my presence felt in the junior class. So I've been out there representing, obviously, Team Green on the KX250 or the KXF250. Uh, don't listen to Lewis. And yeah. I've Did you say KXF250? Yeah, I could call it whatever I want. It's just, it's just gear, because before you said KX250F, so I'm just wondering what one you want to stick with. I can do both if I want to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, both wrong. I'm just, I thought then you might get a bit of consistency in your life. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun on the bike. It's been really enjoyable, actually. And if anybody's at practice track, say hello. I'm the bald guy, the oldest guy in the paddock. Yeah, it's just been a, a lot of fun. I know that uh, Tommy Searle... Uh, in Cowan Vlander, and we're we're very happy with my performances over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think as well, Tommy is pretty mesmerised by my style, so he's seen a couple of photos and yeah, speechless. He said, "So that's pretty cool." So yeah, it, yeah, I would say that is yeah, it's going well, going very very well. So uh, back at again tomorrow. Yeah, you seem to. It's just it's just you complain that um you don't see daylight, but you seem to be taking quite a few days off each week now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, it's not days off, is it? It's 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 part of my uh, 
program with Kawasaki. So, okay. yeah. It's just like, I know that if I wanted to take a day riding, I would not be able to because my work is actually, uh, wouldn't allow me to do that. So I'm just confused. Well, you're, you're welcome to come out anytime riding and we've been trying to get, make this happen. But the MX Vice sleeps for no one. It's an MXGP bonanza. Okay. Okay. I'm sure that if we'd done a vote, and, and my votes seem to be very popular online, that if we'd done a vote, that I think people would like to see you on a bike. I think they would um, forego a article for a day to seeing you actually on a bike. People would be amazed to see me on a bike. Maybe we'll do a poll. If you like. I can't promise I'll listen to it. But... Okay. So big news this week, Lewis. Team USA. This wasn't a shock. No, not at all. Well, no, this is, you can't say it's not a shock because you've argued on this podcast that they will be there no matter what. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. This is, this is me two weeks later. <laughs> I'm the one who said all along that it won't happen and you've just uh, told me I'm wrong. I don't know. It's like, it's so simple. Like, I, I actually cannot believe how many people just slagged them off completely for on the announcement saying it's not they're not coming i kind of thought it wouldn't be news well as, as i was posting it i was like yeah obviously this is big news but i kind of felt like it wouldn't be news to anyone but like everyone would call. i felt like if anything people would just reply going yeah we knew that but no everyone was like oh uh, don't want to get beaten at matterly uh it's like no there's actually a national on that date like how do you not know this yeah and then there's what? people like you who have said, ah, oh, if they're not in a title fight, though, they should just come over and do the nations on that weekend. Well, that's now sponsor money, sponsor commitments, and all that work. Plus, how are you meant to plan for that? Yeah. Get okay. back in your box. Don't, don't agree. I'm talking to you. You were the person saying this. If you spoke to many people this week, you seemed very angry. Well, no, I just, I, you, I've, this is, you've called me, you've told me I'm wrong about this for months, and finally I'm proven right. That was two weeks ago. A lot's happened in the world in the past two weeks. Uh, one okay. thing I was going to ask you was, are there any other countries in the moment that have confirmed that they've pulled out as well? Uh, Australia said that they probably were going to pull out. That was in March. But I don't see okay. why they would. Uh, New Zealand? New Zealand's out. New Zealand's out, okay. Any other, I don't any see, other... why would Australia pull out? They've got the riders here. Like, do they even need to do anything? I don't know. Like, okay, maybe they, maybe they need to send over the Australian team manager, but I'm pretty sure he could just stay at home. Yeah. Maybe do, like, Zoom conference to the riders. But this is where the nations... Is, we've, we've hammered the nations to death, but this is where it is going to get tricky because you're going to have national team managers trying to interfere on what will be an MXGP weekend and, like, KTM and Kawasaki and Yamaha kind of want to get on and get their points. What about um, Canada? Have they announced anything yet? No, Canada haven't announced anything, James. Okay. Okay. So it's, Do you want um, to just go through every country outside of Europe? Or? No, no, I was just interested in those, to be fair. Okay. okay, so what was the... So basically, for those that don't know, um, what, what, what did Team USA put out in the PR? Uh, 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 they're not doing the nations. And that's it? Basically built... No, because... There's coronavirus, and they've got a national on that day. Okay, so that were that those were the reason that those were the, the reasons they they gave. Yes, yes, that would. I'm pretty sure you would have been able to put two and two together there, but maybe not. Um, one thing in the PR that was quite good is that they said they look forward to returning in 2021 and going after the Chamberlain Trophy again, which is definitely like 
reassuring because I think everyone has a fear that they could just disappear at any point. And maybe missing this year would make it easier for them to miss next year. You know how it is. You do it once, it makes it easier the next time. But clearly not. They'll definitely be back. So that's reassuring. That's good. And no change at the top. Roger DaCosta is still, still there. Yep, he's still there. Because uh, he's, he's recently just signed a, an extension of the contract with KTM, hasn't he? Mm. Two years. Sorry. Cool. So it looks like maybe he's going to be around for a little while longer with the um, US team as well. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. We also, we've had some MXGP news with contracts this week. Oh, can I can I answer something quick? Yeah, sure. Just to stop us going into the nations too much elsewhere. Obviously, I've hammered home my point about run a normal MXGP weekend and just award points based off two riders for each team kind of thing. You yeah. know this. I came up with another idea. Do countries even need to select riders? Could you not just run a GP and then the top rider from each country in each class gets the points for the nation? Or is that, is that removing the nations too much from the equation? Like, at that point, you were li- like, you've kind of stripped the nations back too much. Well, do you even call it the MXON? Do you just call it GP? Well, you still have a nation's winner. I don't know. I'm just glad you're not running this shit. I really am. Well, that's two ideas. Uh, it could be worse. I've seen a lot of other people say that they need to run a GP on a Saturday and then the nation's on a Sunday. I could be spouting rubbish like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is that going to work? A, problem one with that. If you run the nation separately on a Sunday, that doesn't solve the problem of no one wanting to risk anything because they're all going to try their best on a Saturday and then be like, oh, brilliant. I'll just chill out now on a Sunday and ride around. I don't want to get hurt, do I? And also, you're effectively having back-to-back GPs on back-to-back days because it's the same level of riding and racing. And if that was possible, we wouldn't be having a two-day break between Latvia and uh, the MXGP Arriga. No, true. Um, Also, did you see... uh, Obviously, we're going to... Go back to silly season in a minute, but did you see that uh, once you come back into uh, the UK from Latvia, you're going to have to go into isolation for 14 days? That's right, and there's not there's not a GP straight after it. So yeah, but how how were all your friends and your um all your your chicks um you know going to cope with this? Not seeing you for 14 days. Uh, the best part of that is I won't have to. I definitely won't have to come up to do the podcast. That's okay. We're going to build your little booth, aren't we, Rob? What? Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, going to get your little. Now that I, that can change, can't it? I don't really know why Latvia isn't on the list anyway. But... It's it's well, it's I, I don't think it's uh, Latvia. Latvia don't look at the UK as uh, an issue. I think it's the other way around. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure the UK just didn't notice Latvia was there. Well, again, you're not at the top, which is good for us. Well, no, I'd imagine like Latvia isn't exactly on the list of priorities to mark down as a safe place, is it? Like, there's not thousands of British people demanding that they want to go on holiday to Latvia. What's wrong with Latvia for holiday? I, you know, I love Latvia, so don't even try and spin that one on me. <laughs> okay, let's go to something relevant, which is MXGP cities. I want to talk a little bit about this because you put out an article in the week with um, uh, the contracts, which are going to be up, which is quite a lot. So if you haven't had a chance to uh, read the article yet, I suggest you get over to mxvoice.com and check that article out. 
I love silly season. But two parts of the puzzle now. Two weeks ago, we we heard that uh, Crowley has signed an extension, um, which seals that position. And now we've uh, quite a big piece to the puzzle, I think, which is Factory Huswarna with um, Jazakonis cement in the place, which means that there's potentially only one more place there. And that maybe puts pressure on Jonas, I guess, now. Well, when I spoke to Jonas, I kind of thought that Jonas would be kind of be there now. Like, as in, oh, yeah, my, like, my, I'll be announced soon. But when I, I asked him that exactly, I said, like, AJ's deal's been announced, so, like, when are we hearing about you? And he kind of, what he said didn't exactly fill me with confidence of, like, yeah, I'm sorted. I'm going, I'll be back there, no stress. Okay. Like he said, nothing is clear yet. He went, he went on about how the crash came at the worst time possible. He didn't show any results at the beginning of the year. How he's trying to focus on his recovery because contract talks can distract you a lot. So I, the one thing I took from it was like, oh, you're not done then. Like you're not a cert that husky. Well, maybe he is a cert, but it's definitely not close to being done at this point. Okay. Unless he just wanted to throw me off the scent. Regarding his injury, um, obviously I've not read that. Uh, that interview, but what what are we what's he saying regarding the the injury and and rehab and his his time away? How long's how long's this is this process going to take? Well, the injury is worse than anyone thought. Like, it's actually quite a serious back injury. Okay. As well as the spinous processes, um, some damaged vertebrae, I think. So he. If it was how it was originally, like the original diagnosis was rib injury and the five spinous processes. Yeah. If it was just that, he reckons he would have got back in the bike in September. Yeah. But with the added uh, vertebra injury, that's yeah. he's, that could take a lot longer. Well, not a lot longer. I think October. So he's pretty much going to miss um, a large chunk of the season. Because... Mm. We- I guess but by, so. the, by the time he gets back and he's in a position to actually race, it, it could be a while. Well, I guess, yeah, like I was looking at October thinking that isn't that, isn't that late in the season. But when you think about it... You've only got a couple of races in November. Well, yeah, I think you've just got Trentino and Argentina. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't feel like he needs to prove himself to anyone. I really don't. No, I don't. I, 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 I agree. I don't think he's got anything to prove. All, all I'm wording this towards is that he, he's correct. It couldn't have come at the, the worst time because obviously people look at results in, in, in everything else. And that's, that's, although he might get a position on another team, say if it's not Husqvarna, it's definitely going definitely gonna to erode his value um, for a team because he's obviously not out there riding and it's probably going to push down his projected salary. I mean, he's he's quite right. It, it couldn't come at a worse time. I kind of just see him as a lock at Husqvarna because I can't imagine the KTM group letting him go. That's kind of where my head's at. But yeah, I don't see why anyone would let him go because he got on a podium in his first season multiple times. Sua didn't manage that. It took Sua one year. Um, and yeah, okay, his results sucked at the start of the year, but he was fast. Like, And it takes time to harness that. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think you're right as well. And, and given that KTM now, I've got the Gas Gas team. They've got obviously Husqvarna and, and and KTM within that group, and then they've got the satellite teams as well. You can definitely see he's going to end up 
if it's not a factory seat, then he's going to be well provided for on a satellite team. Well, on the, on that subject, completely random. I was thinking this week how you've got the factory teams, and you don't really have the in between teams now, do you? Because before, I would say the strongest satellite teams or teams below the factory level were Wilvo, Standing Construct, and there was one more I was thinking of. I'd forgotten it. But still, Wilvo and Standing Construct, and both of those have been made factory now, and nothing's really moved up to take their spots as like the second-tier team. Yeah, I agree, because, again, when Steve Turner ran the, the Wilvo team with uh, Louis' sponsorship, they had vast resources along with what Standing did as well. But it doesn't seem to be teams which have got those resources to at that sort of level now. That's an interesting point. I thought the way the Gibbon deal with Yamaha was worded was that they would be a Wilvo level team now this year. But it doesn't really seem to have materialized like that so far. Maybe with the break, they'll come back and have the bike sorted and be kind of that level. But so far, it definitely doesn't seem like they've really made much of a jump up. Yeah, I mean, from a, from a 250 point of view, obviously you've got a Hitachi team, which has got Baz and, and Conrad on there. So that's a, a decent team, you know, satellite team. And I'm sure they get factory support with bits and pieces. However, from a 450 point of view, what, what do they have? What is um, KTM? Yeah. I mean, they're the JD Gun Expert, we've heard that Steri's split this week. Yeah, that's done. Uh... Yeah, well, it's the same for everyone. Kawasaki don't really have anything. I don't know. I feel like that could potentially be a problem at some point. We all knew that... Already starting to be a problem because there doesn't seem to be that that feeder team. Um, But then I guess, to be fair, I guess we're saying it as like standing constructs become a factory team, but they haven't... They're they're like an additional factory team. So technically the standing construct seats haven't gone anywhere. It's not like Wilvo, where Wilvo took the Rinaldi spot and then no one took Wilvo's spot. Standing Construct is still an extra team. It's just now a factory level. So I guess that one isn't a problem. Well, you could, you could, you could say that Gebbins actually taken the Wilvo spot in Yamaha. Did you not hear my little speech like three minutes ago? No, I blanked out. Brilliant. I won't repeat it, but everyone who's listened to this would have just gone, what the fuck is James on about? Lewis has just talked about that. <laughs> okay. Um, but Kawasaki obviously they lost Gebbin. Um, they've not had a replacement really apart from if Steve. Well, they had they had Gebbin, they had Boss. Yeah, they've they've obviously lost quite big. Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess there's not really that many many teams which are established out there which are, have taken that step up. Yeah, I just I don't know, just something I was thinking about. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to rack my brains. Um, and now I think it's, there's, there's a, definitely a little bit of a hole there from, from these new or smaller teams to now, which is like, a, you know, a Gebbin or, and then above that, like a factory. To be fair, I guess the other end of the stick is, like I say, nothing has really changed aside from the Rinaldi Wilvo setup where Yamaha have gone from four seats to only three. So I guess in reality, you've only lost one seat, as it were. But I don't know. It just still feels like there's, there's a hole in the paddock a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, obviously the Steri, JD Gunnex, uh, 
situation hasn't worked. No, that's, did he, that's been done for a while, actually. Did he elaborate on that anymore or within the... Not, not particularly. Okay. Nothing, nothing overly um, uh, revealing, but he, I have very little worries about him being on the line in Latvia. No, no. No, like he's kind of, he he's got nothing is signed yet, but he's got something well in the works. So pretty, pretty much sorted. And one more is obviously Mitchell Harrison. We're going to see him return to the US, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, been they, um, with Pro Circuit. Yeah, Bud blamed it on Corona and everything. Yeah, I think he just got a Pro Circuit ride and wanted to do that. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. It's a great. He only ended up at Bud in the first place because he couldn't get a ride in America, and now he's got arguably the best ride. Why wouldn't you just jump at that? Yeah, it's great, great opportunity for him to prove himself uh, on that team, and also uh, good news for Darian as well. Yeah, well, that one hasn't been announced yet. Oh, okay. official, but it's happening. It is happening. Yeah. There's literally videos of him riding a Kawasaki and a Fox gear and a Bell helmet. Yeah, I think Darian. Darian is like the sleeper for the outdoors. He could do really good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Think back to Red Sand 2018. If that is what he can unlock in the Nationals, then Jesus. Yeah, I think he could surprise a few people over there. I agree with you. Yeah. Good on him. Cool. Well, good, uh, job, <laughs> good on him. It's great. These opportunities come up, you have to take them in life. That's just, that's just how it is. Thanks for listening to the first half, uh, which was brought to you by Talon Engineering. I'd like to thank Liat. Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven and Even Strokes. What a fantastic list of people supporting us. Without those guys, obviously, we wouldn't be here. We'll be back in five. Uh, we'll see you then. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. 
Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the second half of MX Vice. I'm here, James Burfield from Even Strokes. I can no longer say MX Vice because uh, Lewis is now taking over. And uh, obviously, always, is uh, Lewis Phillips from MX Vice. And in studio is Rob from Jukebox Beats. We'd like to thank Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. The second half is brought to you by our show sponsor, Technical Touch. Did you know that as well as being the exclusive importer for KYB Motorcycle and Genuine Parts, Technical Touch are also the European importer for Hinson Clutch Components. Technical Touch are also representing the second half of the MXY show to show them support at technical-touch.com. Visit Technical Touch and build like an MXGP rider. So if you guys haven't seen or, or heard of Technical Touch, then pretty much half the paddock of MXGP and MX2 are using their suspension. So those are the guys who send all the, the, the factory suspension uh, team to MXGP. And all those guys are on, literally, we, we see them everywhere within the pits. So those guys are literally making sure every, all the riders are happy with the suspension, setting it up for them on race days, tweaking it, everything. It's, um, it's pretty cool, hey, Lewis, to see them in, in action. Yeah, it's actually surprising. When you hear about what they can do for normal people, you realize that actually uh, it's not that different from the MXGP service. Yeah, good point, because... It, that that's a key thing here. This isn't just for for the, obviously to look after the riders, but you know people like me can literally just take their bike there and get it. I can get it set up so I can be a, a, a Kevin Strybos. You can get help from someone with twenty years of MXGP knowledge. Yeah, so that's mad. Yeah, and and for someone like me now, that's definitely what I need uh, if I'm ever going to make the seniors. So the seniors. Yeah, I'm in junior group at the moment. What? Oh, well, you mean at a practice track, like, yeah, junior, senior, expert? Yeah, I'm, I'm at a well, point Well, that's, in, that's, that's interesting, James, because when I rode, I was always in the senior group. Was you? Yeah. There we go, then. So I don't see that, that there's going to be a problem with you coming back to motocross. I'm actually quite happy with that, because I, I, I never knew how good I was compared to you, but I was always in the senior group. There we go. You're going to be a lot the middle one. We're talking about the, We're talking about the middle one, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah. yeah, I was always in yeah. the middle one. Yeah, there we go. Fantastic. I remember once I um I went out in the because I because some some days I'd go in the bottom group because I wasn't some days I just wasn't feeling confident enough to go in the middle like and yeah. once a go a golden barn I went in the bottom group and I went out first because like you know it's the bottom group so I felt like I was a man I felt like Jeffrey Hurdens yeah I was like yeah because you got fucking matey next to me with his goggle strap around his neck all sort like peak yeah. missing like I was like oh it's good good yeah and in the bottom group I had like a, half a lap lead after the first lap and I genuinely I remember it because I felt like the best person in the world there we go see so if you need to if you get Lewis if you're ever feeling down you need to need to get back on a bike go in the junior group and then life just becomes better yeah, I, I remember I just because I was like I genuinely like you know how you just like your mind tricks you and you're like oh look at look how far out I am I just it's a practice day so who cares but I was like oh nice well, there we go. And hopefully we'll see you back on a bike soon when we have the MX Vice and Even Strokes uh, practice days. Uh, no. Why not? I will personally uh, make sure there's a junior group for you to go out and, and lead us by half a lap. To be fair, I'm probably more mid-junior level now after not riding in seven years. <laughs> oh, you're just making it up now. Um, 
But huge thanks to Technical Touch. They're, uh, you know, one of the the guys behind not only the MX Vice show, but obviously the MX Vice website. We work quite closely with them. Really, really nice company. Really good people. Um, met across through and through. Great to be associated and great to work with them. So, Lewis, uh, this section, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, up-and-coming preview for MXGP. I know you're quite passionate about that. And producing maybe a... Are you going to be producing like a power ranking with um, the MXGP writer? <laughs> That's such a stupid question because... You, I, you know I am because I literally just told you about it. But for you to ask that question, no one's going to think you've just randomly plucked that out of thin air. It's so obvious that you know. Brilliant. Yes, uh, I have a, have got it written in front of me, so that's why I brought it up. Yeah. And also, we're going to... This, this shit section of the show called Even Strokes, Are You Smarter Than a Burford? Which nobody liked last week uh, or two weeks ago. I'm in the mood now. Yeah, I don't, a lot of people said it was very detrimental against me. They they felt that you singled me out, and actually, a few people said that you're you're turning into a bit of a bully. So, well, John, shall we see if you can redeem yourself? Yeah, uh, okay. I, I'm feeling quietly confident this week. So, without fail. Okay, do you want to pass it on to me then? Yes, uh, Lewis is going to present the next section. Yeah, because I have to present. You can't be the contestant and present it, James. Come on, we did this last week. Yes, okay. So I will pass the baton over to you to to bring forward this section. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Are You Smarter Than a Birth? Quickly becoming the best part. Okay, you did that last time. We don't want that. Contestants, be quiet. Quickly becoming the best part of MX5, purely because we realized how terrible James is at life. Uh, this section is brought to you by Even Strokes for newest life. survival in Unicorn. What? Life? I'm yeah, pretty life. fucking good at life, thank you. Okay. It's just motocross I suck at. Sorry. Contestants should be quiet. Even Strokes bringing you this section, and they are the newest survival in the e-commerce game, and they can they can cater to all of your needs with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Yoko, One Griffer, Rentful, Motorex, and more. Be sure to visit evenstrokes.com before your next ride. No matter what you ride or where you ride, Evenstrokes has you covered. Jesus, that was a... Covered, literally. I said that off the hip, so that was a bit... I should have maybe written that down. That's good. Yeah. I, would, I would have added, uh, you know, four motocrossers by motocrossers, given that we all ride. Well, apart from you, because you're nothing to do with Evenstrokes. No, I'm not. Um, okay, uh, brilliant. Again, contestants, be quiet. That's not really, okay. not really your place to say that. Are you ready? Cool. I would like to add as well that last couple of weeks I've uh, debuted the uh, uh, seven kit, the Yoko kit. What are kits have I wore, Rob? Alpine Stars Monster kit. That uh, got burnt and fretted. Let's not talk about that. And also, um, yeah, a lot of people have been commenting actually about my Yoko kit the last couple of weeks. Very, very good kit. And even my wife said, and this is my wife, fantastic kit to wash. Best kit actually to wash so far. Did so, not think that was coming. Yeah, so a little bit of insight for you there. If you're looking for to keep your wife happy, because my wife washes my kit because I'm not allowed near the washing machine because of past discrepancies with colors changing and things shrinking and stuff like that. So um, she said that that uh, the kit washes perfectly. And I've got to be honest, it came up very, very good. So there we go. If you're thinking about new kit, Yoko. Brilliant. Sorry. There we um, go. Are you having me to continue now? Yeah, yeah, you crack on. Oh, okay. Let me just uh, get my timer ready. I hope you got some proper questions, Lee, because I think you tricked me the week before. 
the first question is so easy that it shouldn't even be a question. Like, honestly, just so prepare yourself. Okay. okay, so five questions. This first question, you have 10 seconds. 10 seconds, okay. We need a Ready? countdown timer. Yeah. I've got a countdown timer right here. Ready? Okay, yeah. Which two riders are riding for Steve Dixon's team in the MXGP series this year? Uh, Courtney Duncan and Wilson Todd. I didn't think you were going to get that. Well, Boom. And in three seconds as well. Boom. Right, I didn't see. Think you'd, I, I thought you'd either wouldn't know what Wilson's Todd name was or would just forget Courtney Duncan exists. Huh, there you go. Fuck you. Right, one for one. Remember, you need, uh, what did I say? I think you, I said you need four to win. So okay. one down. Yeah. Uh, question two. I'll give you 15 seconds for this. Uh, name three of the teams that Jordi Tixia has raced for in his professional career. Uh, right, okay. Uh, VHR, um, Red Bull KTM, and CLS Kawasaki. I didn't think you were going to get that either. <laughs> Fucking come on! <laughs> well, maybe I, maybe, I didn't, maybe I did make these too easy then. But it's about to get harder. Bring it on, fuck face. It's about to get hard because I started off with easy. It's going to get harder as we move on. Okay. Is uh, that what she said? Not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know why I no one touches little Lewis. <laughs> so you feeling confident so far? Yeah, yeah. Feeling good. Okay, I'm loosening good. up now. Limbering up in a chair. Okay. Uh, you've got 15 seconds for this one as well. Okay. Since, since 2004. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> three British riders have finished on the MXGP slash MX1 podium. Name them. Brian McKenzie. Sean <laughs> Simpson. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, not Brian McKenzie. No, Billy McKenzie. I have, to, I have to accept your first answer. No, you don't. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Billy McKenzie, Sean Simpson, and Toby Searle. Because the first two questions weren't funny at all, but look, it's fully delivered. <laughs> Did you say MXGP podium? Yes, MXGP MX1. Oh yeah, Tom's throwing one one. Uh, we're not one; it's the podium. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about wins. Um, oh. The answers you needed were Billy McKenzie, Sean Simpson, and Max Anstey. So I got two out of three. Well, you, no, you got one because you said Brian McKenzie. That was a fucking slip of the tongue, wasn't he? Well, okay. you shouldn't... Like, if this was a proper game show with money on the line, then a slip of the tongue, would you'd get penalised. To be God. honest, I thought you'd get Simpson and Anstey. I thought you just wouldn't get McKenzie. Yeah, I know, McKenzie went to Japan. Turns out you didn't get Anstey, but he's I was, one. I was there for Simpson in Lirop, Billy McKenzie in Japan. Well, you're, like, you, do, you, you weren't there for Billy McKenzie in Japan, were you? No. But I know of that, because it's obviously it's oh. quite a historic win and stuff. So... Um, and he did do it once. He done it twice, didn't he? Uh, twice in MX2, once in MX1. Okay. Um, and uh, Max Anstey is the one I forgot. Fuck. Yeah, that, you should, that, I, I would have thought you would have got that one. That's all. Yeah. Right, right okay. ready? Yeah, a bit disappointed now. I've got to be honest. Someone's, it's like someone's blew the wind out my candle. Okay, you've got 20 seconds. Excluding Fevra. Mm. Name four riders who have ridden for an Audi Yamaha in MX1 slash MXGP. 
uh, Seaware. Um, <laughs> Philip Parts. Yeah, that's two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you an extra five seconds. Caroli. One. No. Zero. Caroli is wrong. <laughs> Fuck. He's on the Yam Habits for fucking Claudio, isn't he? Um, the Philippots and the Stewart were right. Yeah. And Everts. Ah, oh, bollocks. Why don't I say Everts? You, you, I, I literally thought that would be your first one. You could have had Coppin. Oh, yeah. You could have had Daruva. Yeah. You could have had Van Horby. Oh, yeah. You could have had Frostars. Oh, Could have yeah. had There was literally many options Fucking for loads. Yeah, okay. That was a very you question, you bastard. Well, I, I thought that was quite easy. Well, you failed this week already because you're not getting four overall, but let's see if you can at least get the majority. Considering I saved the hardest question for last. It's <laughs> <laughs> How many GPs has Evgeny Bobrashev won in his career? Oh, fuck it. I... That's a really hard question. The last question will always be the hardest. The question. Which what is inside leg measurement as well, you knob? <laughs> no, because this is actually quite an easy one. It wouldn't be easy if I was saying Caroli, because that's like a number, like, what was it, 123 or 122? But this is, like, this isn't an overly complicated number. Okay, I'm going to go one. That is right. <laughs> yes! Fucking come on! But, but I don't. I kind of have to tell you that, so I'm going to say that you don't get the point. No, fuck you. And I reckon you, I should get extra points as well for the Mackenzie and Simpson. I only <laughs> finished Max three. Technically, you get extra points for saying the Brian Mackenzie won an MX1. Technically, the third question was pretty much right, so I definitely got four. Well, you missed one of the per people completely and got the name wrong on the other one. Well, can't have it all, can you? And I'm not giving you a point for Bob Chef because I basically had to tell you. Oh, fuck. I'm having that. I still got it right. If I was on a game you show were... in fucking Michael Barrymore, you, you could um, actually be Michael Barrymore, couldn't you? All right. So for a bonus point to prove yourself, yeah. where did Bob Chef win his one, GP? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with... Time, um... uh, we, are, we are live. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Fucking no, you're googling it. You're googling it. I haven't even bought a fucking laptop in today. If you get it now, you clearly googled it. I'm gonna go with because uh... this isn't a guess. You're not. You're not gonna take this wrong on a guess, are you? you I am. Rob's. Rob's here. Rob's my witness. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um... Oh, I give us a track. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna go with. Your time is so up. And this isn't even part of the game. I just wanted to see. Okay, you. I'm going to go with. I'm just trying to. Okay. Country. Oh my god! Are you see, you see, you're serious. You're not googling it. You just can't name a track. No, I'm going to go with uh, Sweden. No. Thanks for wasting five minutes of everyone's life. I need to get it wrong. What was it? Tushental. Oh fucking! I was. That was my second guess. Oh, do you know how close I was to saying fucking Germany? Embarrassing. Game shit, anyway. Game shit. I like how you're so stoked to yourself because you managed to name the two riders who ride for Steve Dixon this year. I, I'm kind of over this podcast show already now. What else have we got to <laughs> like, do today? 
Like, that is the bar. The bar is if you can name who's on a team this year, then you're punching the air. I like that game. I don't. I think it's shit. <laughs> it's shit. Oh. Uh, right. I'm, you've kind of... I'm a bit down now. Brilliant. All right, what's next? Let's talk about MXGP. Go on, go. <laughs> well... As mentioned, I've I've been working on some power rankings, and um, bet you have. I've kind of I've got I've got Was it. Was it riders with their shirts off? And I've kind of scribbled out a lot of names, and I've really moved things around. Bet and I'm have. interested to see what you think of it. You ready? Yeah. The top the ten power rankings, like Supercross, idea is yep. inspired by Supercross. Okay. Herland, Geyser, Caroli, Sewer. God, this is a real Cardo, shocking list. Yeah. Gasol, Koldanoff, Jazakonis, Paul Lamb. Jazakonis in front of Paul Lamb. He got on the podium last time, didn't he? Okay. And that's your power rankings top 10. Yeah, what do you reckon? Obviously, I've put Pro- Sewer's been bumped up. He's ninth in the championship at the moment. Prado's eighth in the championship at the moment. I've bumped him up. So I basically bumped those people ahead of the Gasols and Paul Lamb of the world. Do you want to talk about what your reasoning is behind? Uh, how they achieve I'm just interested to see if you agree with me, but that seems to be quite difficult to get out of you. Uh, I think the top five is is pretty much bang on. He was fourth? Sewer. So you put Sewer in front of Prado? Yep. Ah, interesting, actually. Uh, I had a phone call with Prado yesterday. and As you do. What do you do? Discuss haircuts and stuff? Since the nations last year... Chicks. He, he has ridden... Seven weeks. He's what? Uh, brilliant. Since the Nations last year, he has only ridden for a total of seven weeks. Really? Yeah. What, just because of... Because of FEMA and then collarbone. Bloody hell. How's his recovery going with the collarbone? Collarbone isn't an issue. Apparently the femur's still quite painful, though. Or not the fe- He said it's more the knee than the femur. Okay. So... Do, do they know why, or do you not elaborate And he on? said it... And he's... No, he said... um. But obviously, when you break your femur, your knee's going to hurt as well, isn't it? Uh, he said that he's actually quite far behind everyone still on base fitness as well, which makes me feel like maybe I should move him down my power rank. But he was so, like, I said to him, he was so much better than people realise at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I, he's quite self-critical as well, though, isn't he? Yeah, and co- like considering he came in with two weeks of riding under his belt, and he had top five speed easy, and was right around there. To me, you can't ask for any more. And I feel like people forget, A, that he was injured, and B, just how he did in general. Because I feel like with Prado, if he's not winning, people are like, oh, why isn't he winning? Because obviously we're used to that over the last two years. Yeah. No, I, I think, I don't know. I think Prado and in, Siwa in are definitely same level neck and neck. I don't think there'd be much, if anything, I would say a joint fourth. Um, and. Yeah, I think the rest. I think you've you've pretty much nailed. I think it, it's quite self-explanatory, isn't it? The I, I think the yeah, not to poo-poo your parade, but um, it's definitely self-explanatory. The MXGP. I should rankings. have asked you. I, yeah, but you say that, but I should have asked you to do yours before I told you mine because yours would not have looked like this at all. Fuck off! It would have. Well, I haven't got Evans in the top ten, so where's your? Where, you would have had Evans second. Yeah, second easy. Yeah. And the reason for that, he should be in there. But Tom, um, Tommy Cyril fourth, Calvin Vlander okay, in third. Do you mind? Um, the reason I haven't put Evans in there 
is because uh, he had full shoulder reconstruction in. Do you know why? Do you know why you haven't put him in there? Because he sent you a WhatsApp why? saying you're a knob. <laughs> he had a full shoulder reconstruction. True story. <laughs> no. Because he's he's even said like he won't he probably won't be one he won't be one hundred percent for Latvia and this is kind of a power going into Latvia. Yeah, and you're a knob. He didn't say I was a knob. Well, you got his shoulder Rico wrong. Recovery time is six months. Back no, on. No, because I didn't I didn't months. know he had a shoulder reconstruction. I thought he just had a dislocated shoulder. But he had everything. So obviously you don't know Mitch like I know Mitch, and he thinks you're an arbiter. You didn't know great. that. I, I chat to Mitch all the time. Okay, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> you forgot I'm about that, didn't like, you? You forgot no. about that conversation. You did. He didn't call me a knob. Close to it. Mitch is quite nice. Um. Anyway, he, he, he calls you a knob oh in an Australian way, which means actually you're a knob. Power rankings. I realised just how stacked the field is because originally I completely forgot that Colton off Jazakonis and Paul Ann existed. And then I ripped the list and I was like, oh shit, I forgot about him, I forgot about him, I forgot about him. So I've got, like, there's lots of crossing out. Okay. I, again, I'd like to hear about your algorithm for um, how you achieve these power rankings. All right, if you, if you want that, because you, clearly I don't have much to offer. He's leaving the points and we're going into Latvia. So, thing for him. Yeah. Geyser, kind of same reason. So hang on a minute. Second. There's so this these whole power rankings are made up with how you feel. Yes. There's no, there's no data to support this. You basically just <laughs> decided you who's your favourite. <laughs> how are these power rankings? Basically, no, there should be I... Lewis's wankings, not power <laughs> rankings. If you let me finish. Oh Prado spoke to me this week on the phone. I'm going to put him to number five. <laughs> if that, you let me that, No, that is your fucking oh power rankings. So, Mitch, no. if you listen to this, oh. Mitch, give Lewis a call this week and you're going to enter the fucking number eight. Fucking true story, that oh is. Oh, my God. It's based on, A, current results, and also what's happened since Volkenswagen. So, <laughs> right. Prado okay. has gotten healthier so, and put him higher up. Mitch has gotten less healthy, so I took him off. Je Jeffrey looks good. Oh. I see Jeffrey in his Lamborghini, and he looks so good, so I put him in number one. <laughs> you do realise this is exactly how it worked in Supercross. They had a panel of people who gave their top ten power rankings. Well, that's, a load, of, that's a load of bollocks as well, isn't it? Jesus Christ. This is. I think they do it in other sports as well. What, they all sit around a table and not one out about, ooh, who's number one? <laughs> no, it's based, it's based on results, current form, injuries, and then you make a theoretical top ten. Well, I, I just like data. Data doesn't yeah, lie. Well, in the middle of a season, this would be more data-driven, but we haven't had a race in three months. Okay. And anyway, you say data doesn't lie. Caroli... Um, He's third in the championship anyway, but he will be healthier now. So obviously, I put him a strong third. Sue was eighth in the championship, but that was because of um, Volkenswagen was a bit of a shitter for him. He, based on Matley and everything, he could and should easily be the fourth best guy, if not higher. Well, um, you're Pardo, saying that, but didn't Lepucci just hand him his ass midweek or weekend? I wouldn't go that far. Well, just say it happened. So what, what are we doing? Are we putting Lepucci as a new entry in position seven? 
you're making me want to stop this. You've, you've made me hate my power rankings. Not even, no, I'm happy with my power ranking. And you've just made me, like, I don't know what to say. You've... Sorry, you're breaking up. Are you still there? Have you just walked off? No. Oh. Okay, just checking. Are you breaking up or were you joking? No, no, you're actually, you're, it seems like you're like, I don't know, are you walking around the room again? No. Nope. Because sometimes you walk around the room when you start to get stressed. No, I think, I think the power rankings are a great idea. However, what I don't think is a great idea is basically how you're feeling about that particular rider that week. So, yeah, but what you're saying is, do you want the power rankings to be the top 10 in the championship? No, because it's not just the top 10 on the championship this year. But you've told, me that I, you've told me that this is self-explanatory and not I've done it bang on. Yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. One, you're telling me that in one hand, and on the other hand, you're telling me I'm completely wrong. Yeah, but I was kind of guessing that you would say that based on what the data, what you'd be given. I didn't realize you had no data. I've got data. I've got race results recently, first two GPs, what I know about injuries and people's recovery, what people have done in the break. Okay, but that's different. You're getting information. Information's data. Okay. That's a little bit different. That's a little bit different to what you were saying before about like who's had their haircut and I never who, said that. That was your who, word. Who looked good, you know, in a race shirt. So that's that's completely different. But um that new section of Lewis's power rankings was brought to you by Jorex for all your I, I genuinely thought because I always when I saw the power rankings in Supercross, I was like, that looks quite fun. That I, I imagine that to be fun and like I enjoyed talking about the power rankings with people. And I really thought that if I did this on, and then I made my own little power rankings, we talked about it on the podcast, it would be amazing. And we'd have a real good discussion. Like you'd say, well, I would put guys first. And I'd be like, well, why would you think that? And then you'd go, oh no, I think Koldenoff should be bumped up to fourth. And I'd go, interesting. Why do you think that? Because I've put oh. him seventh for this reason. Oh. Uh, who were those people that you spoke to about power rankings? Better people than you. Are you sure it wasn't you in the mirror? <laughs> Lewis, can we get Lewis? What do you think about Barracks? Well, Lewis, I think you've brought out a very valid uh, point on uh, Mitch Evans being injured, and he's definitely going down the Barracks. So he won't made a sudden turn. What do you think? Oh, I really, I agree with you, Lewis. I think you're a really good idea. Great idea. Yeah. It was, it was. Was that how it went? Do you want to try and get this back on track, or did you speak to Dougie the dog? Dougie, what do you think about? Do you want to get back on track? Yeah. So what, yeah. what, would, you, what would your power rankings be? We're not going to go any different with Hurlins guys or Crowley, are you? Because they're, that's, that's what they are. So um, will Crowley come back and beat Geyser? I, I, I don't know. We, we don't know. until. But for, for where they are at the moment, I think that's, that's right. Prado and Seaware, I can understand your reasoning behind the injuries. With, with Prado. However, you, you just can't rule him out, can you? Did you say to sell fifth? Uh, sixth. I've just realised my top ten power rankings, I've only got nine riders. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so not only have you got the, no fucking data, but you can't count either. Oh my God. Oh my God. I scribbled out so many names and like drew so many arrows that I've just like kind of counted up how many names I scribbled out and I scribbled out one too many. So basically, your top ten power rankings are the top nine. So oh, well, that makes it easier. So, so I wanted, I wanted Mitch Evans comes in at ten. 
Well, no, because I had Mitch was my first reserve, so yeah, he can go in at tenth now. There we go. Sweet. Wow. Wow. So um, the top nine power rankings are brought to you by Liz Phillips and sponsored by Jorex. Brilliant. This has not this has not gone the way I wanted it to at all. Oh, in all geez. seriousness, though, once I I would put money on Stewart winning the GP this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I agree. He's he, he was he was better at Matley than anyone remembers. Yeah, he's he's rude. I was obviously at Matley. I was in Boston, but uh, I, I've been really impressed with his um of the of the way he's rode over the last couple of years from like being a rookie. Really, really good. I um I th- I think as well. It's just it's just a consistency. I mean, even before you brought out the stat, which everybody copied about, you know, not missing another GP. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was it was the fact that he was just always an ever present in the top five. Just never seemed to like whenever you watched it a GP, no matter on his positions, at some point in that race, he would find himself either started off in the top five or he'd work his way up to the top five. And I think that that was what was really impressive. I might work out how many GPs in a row everyone's lined up at so that we've got a list of top five active riders for consistency. I tell you what, that sounds like a great idea. So but that would take that would take me a long time, but that would actually be quite I'd be really, really interested to know who's second and third. Because sure, uh Guy Herlins is out, Crowley's out, they missed too many last year. Geyser was there all last year and all twenty eighteen except for the first round, that I can't imagine he'd be in the top five. People like Strybos and Leoc, well, Strybos is injured again. Leoc has missed the odd one. Paul Ann, maybe? I don't think Paul Ann's missed a GP since 2016. I mean, I'm just letting you run with this, but no, I, uh, my answer was being sarcastic. There's way better oh. things you could do. You could probably go out. I think cinemas are open up soon. Uh, nightclubs are going to be back open. Um, you know, maybe meet a, a female for, for a coffee. There's Paul, I'm pretty sure that Paul Ann has not been injured since his last year on Honda. Pretty sure he hasn't. I'm pretty sure he didn't miss a single race on Husky, nor did he miss a race on Yamaha last year. He definitely didn't on Yamaha last year. So Paul, Ann, I reckon Paul Lamb would be second. Hold on, let me, let me just get me, let me just get the rider list up because I'm running with this now. I'm interested. Yeah, well, while whilst Lewis is doing that, I'm going to set up a, a GoFundMe um, to get Lewis laid this year. So if anybody would like to contribute to um, Lewis having sex and actually getting out of his house instead of uh, this is actually really interesting because so many there's been so many injuries in MXGP recently. Like all of the riders who were healthy last year were injured the year before, and all of the riders who were healthy in 2018 got injured last year. So I actually don't. I actually reckon if you dive a little deeper, then there's very few riders that even have a streak worth talking about because actually. Coldenoff would be a good one, I think. Because he was injured at the start of last year, but he didn't miss a race. No, he did not. Okay. <laughs> Overwritten, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm guessing everybody who's possibly still listening uh, to this and hasn't switched <laughs> off, you must be on the edge of your seats whilst you were driving. Uh, please don't crash uh, while you uh, listen to, to Lewis and wait for this amazing news which is coming. Right, do you want to move on to something else, man? Because clearly, I'm boring you. No, but, you're not boring me. I just feel for the people who are listening to this. Oh, well, you're interested, though. Oh, yeah, I'm really interested, yeah. 
I've just I've just unearthed something here. Oh, really? Yep. Like an archaeologist, I've just dug something up. The last time cold enough, Mr. GP was the 26th of July in 2014. What? The last time cold enough, Mr. GP was 2014. Yeah. So he must be on. He's on a streak of 80, 70 around there. What up until the point that he got injured? Well, no, I mean since then. Like oh. he's currently on an active streak of must be seventy to eighty GPs in a row. There's not been eighty GPs since he got injured. Since twenty fourteen. You on about Coldenhoff? Yes. Why are you struggling with this? Because he was injured last year, wasn't he? Yeah, but he didn't miss a GP. Really? I like how you were. I like how you were trying to tell me that there hasn't been eighty GPs since last year. Like, thanks, James. I've got. That. What, so he, he's rode every GP since 2014? That's nothing compared to Sewer. But, yeah. Bloody hell. So both of those riders... Oh, look at, look at you, Ben, just absolutely slagging me off, but now super interested with what I found out. Well, I was just looking at it from a business point of view. If you're a team and you're trying to get the most amount of money for you know, investment, then both of those riders with consistent um, performance and being at every GP is a... Is a you know, with their results, and now that's interesting because then you start, to, you, you, then you start to understand about like what their value is to sponsors in in their team, with their minutes on track, their positions, and everything else. Because they're they're getting more bang for their buck than than other people, which are, are kind of, you know, if you if you're looking at results based. See, I told you, you you doubt my you doubt the things that I'm interested in or want to find out, but once I get to the bottom of it, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You can have that one. So we're fully expecting Latvia Herlins to come out swinging, yeah. Well, there's there's guys, no guys has been great there. Guys has not been like 2016. Guys are one. Obviously, Herlins wasn't in the class then, but he beat Crowley and Fevra, and then last year we won. So. It's not, it's not a Lommel. It's not a bet again. I wouldn't say that there's no chance of anyone beating Herlins. Herlins has been the most successful at Latvia. But yeah, if, if Herlins leaves Latvia without the red plate, I would be shocked. If he leaves Latvia with the same sort of points lead, I'd be like, that's not shocking, but fair play to Geyser. Yeah. Okay. When you think back to La- when you think back to Latvia last year, he just returned in into Latvia last year. Who? Herlins. Yeah, return. Well, he'd returned to Russia before that, and then immediately left. Yeah. Okay. But if you think back to Latvia last year, that race was that was probably the craziest day of racing I think didn't, I've ever seen. Didn't Jazakonis land on him or something like that? Didn't so, no. Did, didn't he have a little bit of a sketchy, sketchy moment? Herlins crashed by himself on a sighting lap, and then as he was getting, he was on the downside of a jump, and as he was getting up, Jazakonis clipped his ankle. Ah, okay, that was it. But Latvia as a whole last year was such a good day of racing. So these could be three really, really good GPs, because I think it's a track that everyone, I don't think anyone says they don't like this track. I think everyone goes, yeah, that's all right for me. Like Sua. Sua said to me that he's more of a hard pack guy, but Latvia has been good for him. He said, yeah, I've got loads of good memories from that, Mia. So like, I feel like everyone's kind of got that. 
that would yeah. be another interesting thing, actually, to see how many riders have had have done well at Latvia in the past, because I'm pretty sure it's pretty much everyone. Well, it looks like your MXGP, MXGP Bonanza week's just going to get a little bit more crazier. <laughs> you're, so, you're so horrible mate. I'm not horrible mate I, I, honestly people don't understand what I go through with you I mean look at look at that Asper if anything that was just just you know people people are going to see you for what you are a bully what because I'm looking up how many you're, you're, you're an MXGP bully um, right we're going to go for a break. We're going to come back uh, with the Liat Ask Vice Anything. Before we do, I would just like to thank all our sponsors, which are Talon, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Brox, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. We're back with the third half of the show. Brought to you by Talon Engineering, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko, Prox, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. So for those of you what listened before to the power rankings, uh, it'd be really interesting to, to hear your thoughts on it because obviously Lewis is very passionate about his power rankings. And um, I feel that they just need to be tweaked a little bit with some data. So um, what, how did you feel the power rankings went in your first power rankings week, Lewis? You, I'm, I'm just confused because you told me I was bang on the money to begin with and I decided that actually, no, you're not very happy. Uh, no, I just said that I'm not very happy because of the, the, the thought process and the data behind it. That was all. If I used solely the data behind it, I would just have BMHGP standing. But I think we're going to have to maybe put some like 
information as in some like um some I think we need to put some numbers in like the severity of the injury, the recuperation, that type of thing. So we've got real kind of, you know, valid data to come from, not kind of how you're feeling that day. I was kind of putting those forward as a conversation starter. This is how I see the class as being. What do you think? And then we were going and then I wanted to just discuss what you think of the class and you kind of took it as if these power rankings were the most serious thing in the world. Well, I thought they were serious. Are they not serious? Well, they are, but uh, it was it was meant to be a it was meant to be a springboard to conversation rather than the conversation. <laughs> so power rankings are a springboard to yep. uh, okay. So power rankings is, were giving us a leg up. Hold up, that is the Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Yes, is it? Pa- yes, power rankings are a springboard now to conversation. Bombshell. Uh, all the factory teams head to Spain for riding, where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just eight hundred and forty-five francs. Visit planetmoto.com to find out more and book now. So, what a bombshell that was, Lewis. Who would have thought power rankings were a springboard to conversation and not just power rankings? I feel like. Had someone else been on the line with me, I could have, we could have discussed that for two years. Do you, do you feel like on this show, you kind of, do you, do you feel like maybe the time is coming for like to have like a Jason Thomas or, you know, Steve Mathis or, or somebody like that to sort of talk to rather than just me? Do you feel you're well, wasted a little bit? Just anyone, really. <laughs> I think it might be better if I just talk to myself. You, you do that a lot, though. We discussed that in part two with you okay. in the mirror. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> Okay, um, we are on to our next, next segment, which is Liat Ask Vice Anything. Did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know it's highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Interestingly, Lewis, is the amount of people I've seen over the past three or four weeks at local practice tracks wearing Liat braces. It's interesting when you're actually, because some, some of the show sponsors and stuff like that, I, I like to keep a lookout into what people are wearing and, and that type of stuff. And I've been amazed actually by the amount of people that actually do wear Liat neck braces, interestingly, in junior, seniors, and expert group, I may add. I have worn Liat neck braces since 2006. That's interesting because I I own one of the old GPX ones as well. I think the I think the first one I got was the very first one. Yeah, but GPX. GPX that was the first yeah. one, I think. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, I, I, I actually got, I actually um got mine from America before they were even available in Europe. Being the factory guy, you are. Yep. The other thing as well is they're they're just not just a neck brace company anymore. They literally they do everything, and obviously the goggles and and the boots have have come after the the kit. But um, I you know again it's just like one of those companies when you when you what was the guy, is it Doctor Chris Liat? When you done yep. the article with him, uh, what he was is, he like? Nice guy. Weird question. 
Which well, no, just wondering. like did did he did he seem like a, a motocross guy sort of thing? Because obviously, being a doctor specializing in the, in the motocross industry. Oh no, you could tell he was kind of like an enthusiast of. It wasn't like what you'd think talking to a doctor is. Because I was actually quite nervous beforehand because I thought I would be talking to like the most doctory person ever. He's kind of stood there with his white coat on. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's what, I genuinely didn't know what to expect. It was um, very much different to that. But it's a really good informative interview. Yeah, so, some people um, have said it's I've ever done. It would um, it'd be really worth you kind of like recycling that and, and bringing it up so um, people who've only just come on to the, the MX Vice show and, and MX Vice in general, it'd be good for them to sort of go back and read that. I will do that. Do it, because I think it's a great article. You never read it, obviously. Yeah, I did. A long time ago, though. I think it took 20 minutes to edit, uh, to read, so I can't imagine you would have spent that much time. No, I did read it. It was, it was really good. Uh, but I do know it was around about sort of 18 months, two years ago now. It's no, quite... it was long more last year. Was it? Yeah. So less than a year old. Okay, it's a long time in my world. <laughs> okay, uh, so the Leah Ask Vice Anything. Do you have questions for us? Well, you read the questions now, James. So the questions in your court. Well, that would be difficult, as I have no laptop in front of me. Brilliant. I will go on my phone now. I will go on my phone now, and I will read Jesus. them. Yeah, we made that change last show, if you remember. I'm sure everyone else uh, listening to this remembers that you asked the questions rather than me. Uh, okay, so our first question from at Jim Bobaruni underscore D. Now remember, best question gets an MX Vice t-shirt. And we actually sent out two t-shirts last week, uh, or last show. Two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, these are in the running. Does it change the mentality of the riders knowing that the season may be cut short? Example, the 84 had planned to start slower and did, but now we have no <laughs> idea. Sorry, my uh, screen changed. <laughs> Apologies for that slight delay. Um, the 84 had planned to start slower and did, but now we have no idea how many races the series will have. Is it full send 100% of the time? Good question, Jim Bob. Baruni underscore D. No relation to Rude Boy. Uh... I, the series isn't six rounds long. Like, it's not, it's 16, I think. Like, that's still a full series. No? I just feel like everyone's going to treat it like a full series. Yeah, I right. think so as well. I don't think, um, they're not going to blow their load on Latvia, are they? They're going to know. It would be very different if this was the situation. And I guess maybe this is the situation. But if there was a possibility of the series just being cut in short, cut short after, say, Spain in October, then obviously that would change it because everyone would literally be like scared shitless that randomly they were going to go right championships over. And I guess maybe there, that is a possibility because if coronavirus really flares up, maybe that could happen. I don't like maybe everything could be shut down like it was in March, but I don't think it will. I think everyone's just kind of treating this like a sixteen-round series, which is more than what used to be normal. Yeah. If more different, the Nationals going from 12 rounds to nine is different because nine, like that's only a three round difference, but that is a small number. Yeah. And like there's less time to make up, but 16 rounds are still 32 motos. So if you DNF or if you crash, you've still got time to make up for that. And also the slow and steady strategy would pay off over 32 motos. So Te technically the, uh, the, 
promo across uh, nationals, they've lost 25% of their series, where I, I guess in the same... Yeah, it's gone from 20 to 16, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so 20, 20, 20% if, if you're doing the maths. Okay. Brilliant. There we go. Uh, at Kyle 16 Richards, uh, I sent a question. Just want to say, get well soon. He'll, he'll up soon, Kyle, because uh, he had a little bit of an accident the weekend while riding. Um, you really do pay attention to what everyone's up to, don't you? I do, yeah. Funny enough. I, actually, I pay more attention to everybody else than I do actually to, uh, to, to, to MXYC and you. Do you see a different style of racing in the short in the shortened series, MXGP and AMA Nationals, i.e. less settling for the third and more hammer down for the win? I guess, I, would you say there's going to be more intensity because obviously people haven't got, you know, going to miss three or four races. They need to make sure every point counts. I almost feel like there will be that at the beginning, don't you? Like, I kind of feel like every, I don't, I feel as though everyone was going to come out of Latvia and try and make a statement. Oh, absolutely. And everybody's going to be itching. Can you imagine like, how long they've gone without being on the, on the line for the World I Champions? almost feel like Latvia will be like, a, will be like that weird situation where everyone will think, like, oh, God, let's do, we've got to do this now. Like, but then I think as racing goes on and we get eight rounds in, and I think eight rounds would take us to the end of... Uh, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. But I think that would take us to the end of September. That's when I think it will start to set in that Actually, this feels a lot more normal than like expected, kind of thing. So, like, oh, think... actually, look, we are getting lots of races. Like, it would, I feel like eventually the freak out mentality in MXGP will, will wear off as people realize that actually this just feels like a normal championship. Yeah. So, you, you kind of think after Turkey, people are going to start calming down a little bit. If anything, there could be more settling for third because at these triple headers and double headers, Someone could, I could see someone settling for a third on Sunday, knowing that, okay, I've saved a bit of energy for Wednesday. Um, uh, yeah, and kind of like not sort of taking a risk yeah. of actually being out for the next two ranks. So actually going, trying to fight for a place when actually the, the result could be that you miss the next two rounds for injury. Good point. Yeah. Okay. At Jack L. Hyde. Oh, sorry, I've missed one. Uh, at Chris United 93. Is Davy Puches the unluckiest rider in recent years of injuries stopping his rise to the top? He's got injured again, hasn't he? For people who... who yeah, and broke his forearm. Not, not having the best of time, is he? It's a bit of a weird one because like, when, I read, when I hear that, I think, well, we don't know if he would have risen to the top. Like, who knows? But then when you think about all of the injuries he's had, you're like, wow, there's no way that that can't have set him back. So what? Where would he? But like, because this is—we're not talking three or four injuries. Yeah, we're talking countless. So yeah. where would he be if he was? And they're not small time? injuries either, are they? Like, I'd I'd imagine that had he been a bit healthier, he probably would. I don't know. It's really tough to say because obviously, like, who knows? Because all you've got to go off of is what he's done so far. But he's had a podium, so you've got to think that had he been healthier, he would have got a lot more podiums and maybe even won a couple. Yeah, which would make everyone look at him in a completely different light. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no reason why um, he couldn't have come in and pushed that top three this year. I, unlucky is the right word because taking trying to read between the lines of his um, Instagram post explaining the injury, it sounds like he crashed, was fine, and then the back wheel broke his arm. Wow. 
So it doesn't sound like it was the impact when a crash, which like at that point you're just like, what what can I do? But fair fair play to him for like keeping his head up and that because that would probably screw me mentally. mentally. Yeah, absolutely break most people. Uh, Jack L. Hyde, will we ever get to see Lewis Phillips riding? Make it happen, please. I think the closer we get to the restart of the series, the less likely the chances. MX Vice has grown a lot of fans to more than just a source of news. It's very relatable people and passion. So basically what Jack is saying is that he really needs to see you on a bike like all of us do. Um, we have to make this happen. I am going to plan uh, an MX Vice day before the start of the GP series. And it's going to be in Winchester. Well, no, it's going to be an hour and a half from your door. I'm going to provide the bikes. I'm going to provide the kit. Everything. I can to get tell you, I can, you, obviously you're not very clued in with what's going on at MX Vice. I can tell you that MX Vice does not have time for a bike day before Latvia. Well, I haven't. Uh, the, the, the person who's editing uh, MX Vice should probably not do a three-week MXGP bonanza, should he? I want to I wanna be real. I just want to make everything good. I care. Sure. Um, and it seems that a lot of people do appreciate your articles, but there are a, a good amount of people that would like to see you on a motocross bike. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the thing is, like, when I first, I took when I first started doing MX Vice and being like, this is like when I was working for free. Yeah, I took a year out because I was away every weekend, and then randomly I had one off weekend, so I signed up to my club that I was racing with every single week beforehand. Went along as if I hadn't like just went along as if it was a normal weekend of me racing. Yeah, and almost like after two laps, I literally. It was just, I was just like, well, what is the point? It's so that's where I'm at. I'm just like, what is the point? Like, I kind of know that I'm not going to be able to ride well. It's, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, but I get really angry with myself. Like, my oh. family says I never enjoyed riding because every single time I just kind of came off a bike and was like, well, why? Why? I need to be better. You don't Because I'm grinding. I was, grind, I was grinding. You, you don't. You don't. You need to get this out of your head. You don't need to be a, be better. You just need to have fun. Like I go out, I no. go, out, I go out to have fun. No. That's what it's I don't all about. Fun. I do. Be, I do better. You, you need to change your mentality. Yeah, I do. You, you need to get back on a bike and have fun because that's exactly what we all do. Well, this this is actually true because that thing that we were talking about before that would be fun, but I'm not getting that to be fun. I'm getting that to be better. <laughs> Like that is, we've just literally cracked my life. Yeah, we we need to really change your mindset. Yeah, definitely. We have we it's have just... fully cracked my life there. Okay. Can I tell a story? Uh, yeah, crack on. Why not? So, when I was, uh, what how old would I have been? When I was twelve, uh, I emigrated. I emigrated to New Zealand. Yeah, and I wanted to randomly tell this story for a while because I feel like it would be I feel like it's pretty mental. So I emigrated to New Zealand, uh fully like got a house there, went to school, did all the life stuff. And did you go to a boys obviously, school? It was an all boys school, yes, just happened to be that. But get let me finish my story. Okay. So being used to school and stuff over here, no one knows what motocross is. Except for the one kid that goes, oh wow, can you do a backflip? Like so the first day of school there, the head teacher walked me into the class and went, hello, everyone, this is Lewis. He's from England. And I went, hello. Uh, and so then I sat down and then randomly from the back of the class, I hear, Lewis, do you do motocross? And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, he's going to ask me if I can do a backflip or whatever. Like, I rolled my eyes. and I was like, yeah. And then like a couple of kids were like, 
oh, who do you reckon is going to win the Supercross this weekend? And I was like, just mind blown because like I finally found someone like me. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Was it like lots of little Lewises in a class with you? <laughs> but point is, point I'm getting to is every Wednesday afternoon at this school, this, this school had Wednesday afternoons were no lessons. You had to do a club. Oh, it's a special school. No, I've heard about those. As I, as I said that out loud, I was like, that sounds really yeah. special news. No, yeah. it, it was just, I think it's just something they do in New Zealand. Anyway, yeah. they had a Here's Lewis. Club. He's a trier. <laughs> He's not very good academically, but... Can you let me finish? Can you he let can me finish? do a sport. <laughs> Lewis, can you this school, this school had a club, a motocross club. So every Wednesday afternoon, rather than do lessons, the school took you to the local motocross track and... What, that was they, what you did on your Wednesday afternoon. They have like a camper which they put everybody's bikes in and stuff. Well, I never got as far enough. That's the one thing I never found out. But I think that, yes. That's ridiculous. You had to bring your own bike and gear. Or maybe uh, you had uh, to... What did you do? Walk your bike to school? <laughs> or, maybe, <laughs> or maybe you had to arrange for your bike to get to the track. I don't know because my problem is I joined the school halfway through the year. Yeah. So then someone someone went to me, oh, you've got to sign up for a club on Wednesday afternoons. Because I was like, what's going on? I ain't got a lesson on Wednesday afternoon. Hey, like, yeah, sign up. But did so this, like, yeah, sign this up happen a on a Wednesday and then Thursday you move back to England? No. Let me finish. So they were like, yeah, you've got to sign up for a club. Uh, there's a motocross club. And I was like, brilliant. So, oh, that's, um, that's fully booked. And I was like, oh, shit. And then there was a BMX racing club. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. And that was fully uh, booked. And then there was a skate park club. I was like, brilliant, I'll do that. That was fully booked. There was one club that had space. Knitting. The what one? Well, everyone, film club. So while everyone else, all of my friends that I had made was out either at a skate park or riding a motocross bike, I had to sit in a dark classroom watching a film because it was the only thing available. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know Lewis, uh, he actually walked out of the Avengers uh, because he was bored. <laughs> Oh, he went awesome. to the cinema, watched Avengers, and then after about I didn't 20 minutes... watch it all. No, about 20 halfway. minutes, you just got up and, and, and walked out because you were bored. So, yeah, the screen, the screen faded to black halfway through, and I wasn't paying attention, so I was like, brilliant, it's over. Got myself ready to leave. And then it kept going, so I was just like, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> the worst experience of my life. I've never been so bored. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on then. I feel like you've been... T- I feel like... Moral of my story is... How cool is it that actually somewhere in the world there's a school that does motocross club? Yeah. That was kind of the gist of my story. Like, that's, like you wouldn't imagine, you could never imagine that in England, could you? But I was gonna, I did, I did want to like, you know, because I know this means a lot to you, but I didn't want to like break it you. Doesn't mean a lot to me. But let's just look at the evidence here. It's a boys' school, which is Brilliant. special. It's and special. A couple of people you kind of went into the class and they, I'm not saying that they did, but maybe, maybe the, the head teacher prepped them beforehand and said, right, you're going to like motocross. This kid's coming in. He needs to feel better. He's going to need to know, like, so basically just ask him about motocross. Here's a, here's a magazine I found. There's supercross on this weekend. Ask him that question. Right. So first, and then funny enough, like say, Oh, hi Lewis. Yeah. What do you think of supercross this weekend? They didn't know if you'd answered, they would have had a, had a clue. Right, so then you thought you had friends. It's, it's, I've read about these books. <laughs> right, then, then what's happened is they're like, oh, how can we really keep him at this school to get some like, extra money and for like, uh, 
you know, get an extra pupils. It's like, I know, we'll make up a motocross club. And then I bet they're like, oh, no. But what happens if he says, yeah, go to motocross club? How do we, right, we're going to fill it up. <laughs> this is such a long-winded joke. It's not a joke. I'm just, I'm, I'm just breaking this down for you that you probably kind of went to New Zealand thinking, ah, oh, this is the most amazing place in the world. And you were duped. No, every, because I looked, when I was looking for a school to go to, I obviously checked out a few different schools and there was another school at a motocross club as well. And they had like football, like schools do with football here. They had like, like school motocross races to see what was the better school. Because actually, had one more thing. Motocross races. It'd be like you have yeah, a school yeah. sports day. No, like, you know how uh, different schools play football against each other here? I, I don't believe this. I need someone from New Zealand to clarify this. I'm not listening to Lewis anymore about this. So we're going to move on. If somebody from New Zealand's listening to this, and there is real schools there where I have motocross clubs and motocross Wednesdays and shit like that, <laughs> let I'm me fucking know. Because I think Unless he, I... he is on the wind-up. Right, I'm, moving, I'm moving on to the next question. You can no more. No more about your craziness. Yeah. I, I think you've been... Yeah. Okay, you need oh. to get out more. Uh, at quibs underscore info as I'm an old fart like James uh, true who grew up watching Thorpe and Nickel how do lap times of those old 500 strokers compare to the current 450s is there a track that was used for GPs back in the day that is used in the current era of the same configuration the the thing which I learned some really good insights from uh, the conversation I had when I interviewed Jeff Stanton Oh, and Christ. what <laughs> name drop what just some of us interview jeff stanton some of us don't it's that's just how it is okay you choose to to interview all your friends and i chose to interview an absolute legend so you know don't 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 start picking fights it's odd actually what it's odd um because i didn't see one person say like good job on that interview yeah, but they wouldn't do to you because you you're not appreciative, are you, of of that era? You're very well. No, dismissive. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anyone tweet you saying, "Now, wow, that Jeff Stanton interview was good." But they're not going to, are they? Because you didn't write it, so they all messaged me and said, "I'm not being funny, James, but weren't you running MX Vice?" I'm like, "Look, stop. The kid's putting his time." Okay, move on, move on, move on. You're boring me. Right. Okay. So all I would say is that. Uh, he was very appreciative of people like Hurlins and stuff like that and just said that, uh, I think I, was, I stated already, that it, it, if he was racing against those guys today, they, they're, it's just a different, different type of, of motocross, different type of level. They, they, they're, you know, way that they literally build their whole life around being the you know, absolute athletes and stuff like that. So I think if Jeff Stanton's arguably one of the, the best riders, you know, of, of his time in an era, is saying that about how appreciative he is of the of the GP riders and the riders of today, then um, that that kind of tells you everything. But yeah, I, I, it doesn't take away anything from anybody in in the past or whatever. It's just you know everything evolves. It's kind of like comparing George Best or or Pele to Cristiano Ronaldo in in you know people like that is because they're they're different athletes, different eras. Who the hell is Pele? Oh for fuck's sake! You don't know who Pele is. No. Is that a name? Is that a first name, a second name? It, it, <laughs> I just... I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's bad enough when you're going on to another fucking podcast show and you don't know who Queen is or the Beatles. 
I knew who Queen was. I just didn't know if it was a band or a person. And to be honest, I still can't remember. I bet you used to watch the video, I Want to Break Free When You're Younger, didn't you? Wish that, <laughs> wish that you were a little boy who could dress up as a girl. Next question. Okay. At CR Dory. Hi, Colin. Have a nice time in uh, Gotland. Colin's on, uh, going on holiday to Gotland, by the way. How do you, how do you know this about everyone? Do you think the young, fast European-based riders are now looking at MXGP as a long-term career rather than chasing the American dream? Lewis, what do you think? It's interesting, isn't it? Because you don't hear of anyone wanting to go to America, but that's not because no one wants to go there. I just think that at the moment coming up, there isn't that elite talent like a Rocks and Hurlins Prado who can kind of confidently state that. Like, Prado, Roxon, and Hurlins, obviously Hurlins kind of never did, but th- those riders from 11 years old could sit there and go, I want to do AMA Supercross, because in their hearts of hearts, they knew they could. I feel, I feel like we haven't got someone like that who, I feel like everyone just wants to succeed in MXGP, and if they do that, maybe they can dream of America. Do you get what I'm saying? So you, you think they look at MXGP as being their proving ground to be picked up? No, go- no, no. I just think, I just, I just think we, we haven't got that elite talent coming through, and therefore the riders are looking one step at a time rather than like um, rocks and being like, yeah, one day I want to go to America, and like making that happen. Because the riders at the moment, if they wanted to make it happen, they wouldn't have been, they won't be able to because they don't have. I don't know. I, d- I don't know because then you look at the Lawrence brothers. And you know, and there's there there are other yeah. But the Lawrence brothers said, like I say, from the second they came over, they said we want to be in America. Yeah. Like that was always, like it was always known. There's no one. And but Prado, they were... Prado said he always wanted to go to America, but he's ended up staying yeah. in MXGP. Yeah, that's just but that doesn't mean anything. I think that's just that's just a result of being comfortable. Well, okay. Like he's got a good team. He's happy. Like everything's clicking, so why um why upheaval that? But in short, I don't think the young riders are looking to America at the moment. But I don't think it's because the American dream is dead. I think everyone would still love to be in America one day. I just think realistically, there's no one at the moment who can make that happen. So you don't hear about it. Do Do you think it's a fair assessment to say that you look at Supercross and see how? different supercross i mean dylan Frandis was you know we, we know about the french based riders they they grow up riding supercross that's they, they have a supercross series like they have motocross series so that a lot of a lot of countries don't have that supercross series in in europe like the french do and obviously australians have supercross series so i think that has a a, a massive bearing on things the second thing is i think because because of that, Supercross is so different, and to be able to learn that discipline and do that at that level uh, for six months and then switch to motocross, you know, takes a lot of work. And then you look at the severity of of the injuries as well. What we've recently had with Supercross, where with motocross you can get away with a little bit more. Um, I think I think with that plus the salaries people are earning in um, in MXGP now at the top. I, I think all those are, are kind of little bits. They all those little bits all add up to. Um, I think you're right. 
it's a little bit comfortable here. Why would we want to? Why why do we need to go to America at the moment? I yeah, think there's, because, there's a difference because between it's seen a, as a risk. That's what I'm saying. Because it's seen as a risk, whereas for Roxons and Prados, that's not a risk because they know they can make it happen anywhere. But yeah. we don't have someone like that at the moment who knows that they can make it happen anywhere, so we're not hearing it. Whereas when the next when the next um, Roxon comes up. I'm trying to think of a name, but I don't even think there is one. You will hear it from an early age because it'll be like, oh, he's that good. Because there's a there's a level, that's what you hear. He's that good. He'll be in America. Being able to make it work in a completely different land and a completely different discipline is you have to be of a certain level. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at Ryan Davies, could we have a little background on how you guys started off and why you wanted to build MX Vice? Oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought we covered this on the last show that would never ever do a history of mx vice um well you can keep it short you've got two sentences i'm not doing it you do it well i didn't start mx vice okay i just hopped on and regretted it ever since <laughs> hang on let me so could we have a little background as to why you guys started off and why you wanted to build Okay, so initially, uh, MX Vice was started because I, I was frustrated that you could only find results for certain stuff, um, especially British stuff. Uh, you could only find out it, uh, on a, in, a, in a newspaper once a week or um, a magazine once a month. Uh, there didn't seem to be much uh, online at the time. Uh, I felt that there was uh, an opportunity there to... I, I, well, actually, not opportunity, but I just couldn't understand why people just didn't put the results on from that day so that was the first thing um I, I i looked at doing was actually doing results as they as they uh happened so i started going to a british championship and putting the results up as they happened which was seen as voodoo at the time and uh, what's that voodoo you're doing on that computer screen which... you're going over you're going over your two sentences sorry that was one reason and the second reason was um no one really seemed to uh, talk about anybody outside of the top five. So there was riders which, you know, worked hard all week and da da da, da and none of those stories are being told. So basically... You're talking about British level. British level, yeah, because at the time I never even dreamed of doing what we're doing now. Uh, and MX Vice was never ever going to be GPs or anything else. It was always going to be British-based to support uh, the British riders and, and to support the industry. So um, I thought that by creating MX Vice, we would bring um, more exposure to those riders and help them get more sponsors and get the results out quicker and stuff like that. And hopefully British companies would support and see it and it would become, a, a, you know, just a, a cool little site. That's how it, that's basically the beginning of, of MX Vice. And then for lots of different reasons, it's, it's where it is, is now. Have I got an answer why it's where it is now? No. Cool. That's good then. Well done. Yeah, we, we tried talking about this a couple of weeks ago and we both ended up in uh, in a quagmire of mess. I think that's the best way of describing it, Lewis, hey? Yep. Yep. So uh, until we write the book, it's uh, firmly closed uh, because we, 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 we cannot go down that road again. Right then, after that, kicking the nuts. Uh, at Chris United 93 how stoked is Lewis to see Brian Sue back on Suzuki in the ADAC series? Will he ever return to MXGP? The only reason I put this in is to answer the last bit, and that is, 
I can't like on if a team took a chance on him in MXGP, I would be so shocked. Because really, what are you taking a chance on nowadays? Well, that sounds harsh. Yeah, and I think, but his bread and butter now is those European Supercrosses. I think he is a Thomas Do now. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that is his career. That is his career now. Yeah. Like, there's way too many guys coming up through EMX 125, EMX 250 for a team to go, you know what? Screw those guys. Let's go over here and get the kid that we don't really know anything about. I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. Um, and he's got to be aged out of, of MX2 now, isn't he? No, he can't be that old. He must be like 21. Is he still? Uh, uh, he was born in 1998. So, 22. 22? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's going to be aging out soon. Yeah, so there you go. It's over. Done. He's sure as hell isn't ever going to get an MXGP ride. 450s. Yeah. Unless yeah. he somehow goes onto a 450 in the ADAC and absolutely kills it. Yeah. But Brian Sue's a mystery. It's funny. Everyone, everyone is interested in this mystery. And I wonder, if he, I wonder if he knows he's a mystery. I don't know. I, I just wonder whether he's... Are there some regrets there? With how, how this oh, is all out. Be. Because, oh, there's got to be, no doubt. Because when he was on Suzuki the first time, he was a real, a, a real diamond in the rough, wasn't he? He's, a real yeah. go-getter. No, but he, he, he had a future. He had like a, a big, big future. You, you, you watched him ride and you just thought, this kid's going to... And it's, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong. I think you could write a book about that. Yeah. Because how many times did you hear rumours of, oh, yeah, he can, he's going to do this, or he's going to go to this team, and none of it ever seemed to materialise? Yeah. I, um, I, I, I would be really interested um, in seeing him just do a year in America, but, like, as a privateer, I think that'd be a pretty cool story. <sighs> yeah, but, I, like, I don't know. I'm just I, don't think he's, I don't think he's a type to do that. No, but it, that, it, that would be a cool story. But anyway... Thanks for questions this week, Chris. Uh, next one is Alex Panda. Is, is that a real name? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, could the open class change to something different as it's just another 450 class these days at MXON? Do you know what they should do? They should bring back the 125 class. No. Yes. They should yeah, make that's, 250 once again, riders ride 125s. That's not A, that's not even the question, and B, what a stupid answer. Not a stupid answer. Sorry, Alex, I'll ignore him. There's nothing better than having the open class on 450. If there was an option to make it better, then sure. But what could you do? Add another 250 class? Add I'd, a, I'd, a, make, I'd make 450 opens all, all ride African Twins or KTM Dukes. Okay, brilliant. Shut up. Um, I, heard, I remember seeing someone say once that... They should make it into a WMX class. But like, that's not going to work. Like, it's, it's the best it can be right now. And there are so many good 450 riders that you need, if you don't have two of those 450 riders from each country, you'd be robbed because we wouldn't have Hurlings and Cold Enough each year. We'd only have Hurlings. And we wouldn't have Paul Ann and Fever each year. We'd only have Fever. And then suddenly the event is not what it is because it's not the best of the best going against the best of the best. It's some of the best going against some of the best. So, okay. like Redbud, instead of having Tomac and Barsha, we would have only had Tomac, which is still a great addition to the nation. But having Tomac and Barsha is so much better. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. If it's not if it's not broken, don't fix it. And the nations is the best it's ever been. Okay, so no one two five class and no Africa twins or Acacia Dukes. Nope. Right, cool. Next question, Lee Williams, LP. Latvia does not currently have an air bridge with the UK. What will yourself and the riders do if the fourteen day quarantine still stands? Cheers. Good question, Lee, because he hasn't got a clue. I don't really know enough about this. I don't really know enough about this. Has absolutely no <laughs> idea about what so, the hell's going on in the world apart from motocross. So, Lewis, let so, me tell you. So, what, you, can what's fly, so you can fly to Latvia, but Latvia isn't on the, the exemption list for the quarantine when you come back. Correct. So you have to be in quarantine when you come back to the UK for 14 days, which well, is absolutely right. no I'd, problem for you because you don't see anybody. I'd just be work. I'd just be working anyway. Yeah, that's just your life. You are in quarantine. Whereas poor Sean and Wes, which have got like you know Tinder to to fall back on, and you know a whole social life going on with lots of hot chicks. What the hell are they going to do for two weeks? I'm sure it'll be fixed by then anyway. Well, uh, you never know. But yes, Lee Williams, good question. Uh, he hasn't got a clue. Last question at Kevin C430. Do you think Glenn Koldenoff's tendency to ride faster in later GPs will hold true in 2020? What did you call him? What was what was what was the term you you associated with him? An opportunist. Yes. So will the opportunist produce the opportunity to win latter GPs in 2020? It's a point because when that year starts, that would be that is the time that he hits his stride every year. So Jesus, what's so you can't happen? ignore that. What's going to happen when he hits the nations? Are you going to be on a downward spiral? Well, the nations is at the same point. So, well, end of September, dickhead. Yeah, but he's always been strong at the nations too. I thought we were just saying about the season's going to be later. What? Oh, uh, I see. What you're still you saying nations at the same time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it is, because it is. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for your contribution. <laughs> no problem. I'm here all week. Did you think the Nations was in November after Argentina? No, no, I was just thinking about, oh. like, yeah. So literally after, so from October onwards, then, um, yeah, what's he going to do then? Or does he keep on peaking? I don't, like, I don't know. Does his, Octo- does his August peak now transfer to October? Honestly? I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and is a million times better than he was at the start of the year, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't his it was, form of the end of last yeah, year. It, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. Well, no, it was, it was, it was, a, it was good for Coldenoff. It just wasn't at that level that he was at at the end of last year. No. 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 So, yeah. But no, I think, I still think he will do something this year. I just don't know what, and I don't know when now. But I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and kills it in Latvia. Especially because he's won in Latvia before. Okay. Well, that is our questions for Ask Vice Anything, brought to you by Liat. Lewis, is there a question on there? Do you want to choose now or do you want to choose after for the winner of the T-shirt? I kind of feel like we have to give it to Ryan because you were a bit of a stick to him. Oh, what? The, oh, you, called his, you called his question a kick in the bollocks. All we did was ask how I makes Yeah, pro- probably, Ryan. I should be a little bit fairer and say uh, it was a very traumatic right. podcast I'd done with Lewis. Uh, we, we spent two hours going over how MX5 started, and I basically wanted to kill myself um, after. Because what, we, because what happened was we realized lots of stuff we forgot. 
Yeah. But lots of stuff we bury deep, deep down. Lots of problems we had to overcome. People we worked with, people we worked with, that was a, a tough one. And a few other things. And it just didn't bring back good memories. There was obviously some some really great, great times and great memories of of building MX Vice, but along with that came some some pretty shit memories, unfortunately. And uh, so, so yeah, I do apologize if I was a little bit downtrodden on your question. But uh, yeah, MX Vice has is, is not been a, a breeze, let's just say, uh, say that. I could have had a couple of nice Ferraris on the drive by now. So you wouldn't change a thing? I know. No, I would not change absolutely anything. I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed um, the past 10 years of my life with MX Vice. So that's it for another week. We will be back next week. Um, we're still trying to get Lewis in the office, but he is trying to find every excuse. No, no. man. We're going to need online bullying to another level to get him back in the office. Can I, um, can I just clarify something quickly? Uh, no. No, you may not. Okay. Okay. Rob, Rob's got to edit this podcast show, and you're already running well, out no. of time. You're just, you're just giving me a bit of a bad rap. The reason, I don't, I, the reason I'm wondering whether I can continue to do the podcast like this is because I don't I, I need those six hours to keep I can't afford to lose six hours of driving because if you're gonna if you're gonna extend MXGP Bonanza to three weeks instead of one, more for you. Better time Sorry. management. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Okay. All right. There we go. And on that happy note, uh, we will see you. <laughs> <laughs> motivational speech we will see you next week (laughs) say bye lewis you are listening to the mx vice show even strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross built by motocross enthusiasts even strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track shop now for yoko alpine stars fast house and more at evenstrokes.com Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show.